to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the Tyree Field Movie Debate Podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. And I am the master of the blonde ocalypse. I don't know what the, I'm trying to find something creative and fun with this thick blonde thing. And it worked but, out so well. It's no, as it's, if we had it worked out as good as the movie. Oh, anyway. oh see, here we go. <laughs> Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, we're damn glad to have you folks. For Will and I, this is the first time we've recorded in about two months, and we're happy to kind of kick off award season because uh, this is all for tantrum's sake. We're shared passions and high fives wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love, but for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. And we got a prickly movie for you. It is Andrew Dominique's Blonde. And for this, we have brought to you the perfect guest that you could ever have, the blonde <laughs> in front herself, Katie Glidewell. Hi guys! <laughs> Hello, Katie, Katie. Welcome back to the show. As always, this is a treat every time we get you, and I'm, we're just happy to just shoot the shit and talk. But uh, we've definitely got a, a hefty one here for us, so we'll see how we do. Um, this week, we're talking about, as you heard, Blonde uh, coming up on Netflix. It, it debuts in theaters um, on September 23rd. It should hit Netflix the week after that. And uh, exp- I don't know how it's going to expand and do, but we will definitely see. Um, our format is this. The recommending lover will go first. But in this case, as always, our guest will go first. Um, the lover will go second, which is me. They will get five interrupted minutes to shower their praise and state their harmonic case. A hater will follow with five uninterrupted minutes of their own to present their counterpoints with any manner of intellectual scorched earth. After that, we will open it up for two to three hours of shared conversation where the hissy fit really gets chippy. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, pop your flashbulbs because here we go. Katie, welcome back to the show as always. Uh, Will, how are you doing? Oh, man. Well, you know, as as a fellow teacher, um, and I'm I'm deeper in the trenches than you are at this point, I think. uh, Yeah. When are, at the time of this recording, what, how many weeks are you in? I'm five. Parent-teach conferences okay. and progress reports are next week. Whoa, okay, that's weird, because I'm eight, and I don't have parent-teach conferences or report cards for... That's because you live in a state weeks. with... Yeah, you live in a derelict state with no child care or parental involvement whatsoever. It's okay. That's yeah, why we're 49th in education, with all that amazing help and resources. Are you, wait, you're 49th? Hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> we're 49th, buddy. Don't take away our oh, ranking. All right, then we're 49th. We're 49th in, in, this, in the, this union we call the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, well, either way, we're, we're in some tough situations. Now, yeah, this has been a pretty tough year. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, this is why we took a break. Right for, for two months is because school is kicking the living shit out of us, and um, mm. and it's very hard. Uh, this is definitely the most challenging year I've ever had in my in my my, my short career. Uh, so it's it's been, and in fact, we couldn't even uh, get this <laughs> get this podcast recording done because of me because of that crazy work stuff because we were originally going to be doing it at an earlier date. So right. I appreciate the patience of everyone involved here for letting me sort through my professional uh, hey, craziness but we it's, got this. yeah but you know what it's, it's come with some good things you know um mm-hmm. i've got another great great batch of kids uh, i've seen a lot of success um i've got some job promotions and things like that so things are things have been uh moving in the right direction just in a, in a more stressful way let's put it that way all right well, luckily, all that goes away. Although we bring a movie of pure dread, so oh yeah, that was a this yeah. was great to, to watch on a on a per, on a whole day, like a long day. Oh, and, you know, when you're at work from five thirty a.m. till about six at night, and then you go sit down, get your popcorn, and watch a three hour movie 
of, well, mm. I'll, I'll get into it later. <laughs> yeah. Katie, you are our guest. You are first. Set your five minutes however you like. I'm just going to ding whenever you stop talking, but you're good to go. Katie, it's, right. the floor is yours. So I'm going to get my stopwatch ready and go. All right. Blonde, directed by Andrew Dominic and written by Andrew Dominic and based on the uh, book by Joyce Carol Oates. I know I have many uh, fans that are very huge Marilyn Monroe aficionados. Um, when I posted that I was seeing this, uh, I had a number of them reach out to me and some post on uh, the post that I did saying that um, they hate what this looks like. They hate the book. They love me, but they hate everything about what this is. So that was very intriguing um, to know that right away. Going in, uh, the film, you know, encompasses the early stages of Marilyn's life, like when she's probably like five or six. I don't, I couldn't really tell um, the exact age and then going into her death. Um, I know what, I understand what Dominic was trying to do with the film. I mean, it's um, the emphasis is on the brutality and the truth of, uh, you know, um, uh, Marilyn's life and Hollywood and, you know, taking away the rose color glasses of being a star and all that stuff. But honestly, I just think it emphasized on the brutality. Uh, at some point I felt like I was, this was done by a sadist. It was just unrelenting, uh, everything that we were watching this woman go through. And, uh, I don't know. I, it's like, I want to do a quote. It's like, do you want to see a star die? Then watch blonde. Um, I have said this before. Like, I feel like it's a two hour and 46 minute version of the 12, uh, minute version of that scene in irreversible. I mean, it is honestly unrelenting what they show the audience um the degradation the manipulation the physical sexual mental drug alcohol and child abuse and it gets to a point where it is just completely exploitative and i, I um reviewed this film yesterday actually uh i did give it an 8.5 it will not i'm sure i'm going to change my mind because one of the reasons why i actually gave it that high of a rating is because I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop talking about it. But the main reason, actually the sole reason, was the performance by Anna Diarmas. She is absolutely exceptional. I do believe she will be nominated for a number of awards for this performance. She completely embodies everything um, of Marilyn. There are so many scenes where it is absolutely uncanny. Like, never in my dreams if I would be casting a, a movie about Marilyn Monroe would I put her up there and profiles like re um, recreations of photographs with different people and um, the wardrobe she, she is she is in it is spot on and I do have to give it um, the wardrobe department and makeup did a fantastic job so I will do this but there's just like honestly this movie like if when they sell it you know in the physical sense because you know i'm uh i like to have the feel and the touch and all that stuff they really need to make um uh, put a tr trigger warning on it like i know uh when it comes on netflix i think on the 28th or 30th i can't imagine how many little um warnings they have to put on above the film because i mean you know just with the ones that i said i think i listed like eight there's definitely got to be more oh yeah they're smoking 
Um, and there's rape. I forgot about the rape. Well, I did say um, sexual abuse, but it's it just goes so far into that. And some of the scenes are just uh, I mean, I know they want to make her be a sex pot. And, you know, she was in love and doing all these things. But some of the scenes are just at a point insulting with the insinuations and um, uh, circumstances that she would put herself in. And I mean, it's she's not dumb. She was put in circumstances that, you know, may not have been um, or were not ideal, but she was not a dumb woman. And it shows that in the film, whenever she tried to show her smarts, people would get angry, but they put her in situations that I don't think would have happened in real life, even if you are a star and in love. And I don't know. I mean, it's this is definitely going to be. Uh, to me, I mean, you know, other than a lot of the horror stuff that I watch with the most polarizing, it's definitely going to be a film that's you either love it or hate it. And um, I'm like in the middle, but it's definitely not more towards the love. It is for, for the love towards Marilyn Monroe um, and um, Anna Diarmas. But um, yeah, I go in with a warning. Just be prepared. Whew. All right. Good job. All right. Thank yeah, you. I actually did job. the timer this time. So this way, I, I, th that time I'm I didn't go impressed. over. <laughs> I'm impressed. All right, my five, huh? Um, no, I, I come to this film uh, and I wanted to give it the, the fullest stock, the fullest um, appreciation I could in terms of just preparation. Um, read the book uh, by Joyce Gibbs and uh, the book is a fictionalized take, not meant to be a biography. Um, I, there was a fantastic um, interview she gave at the end, like the last 40 minutes of the audiobook of the book where she just kind of, you hear her intent of making the novel and what she included, what she didn't, what she bent, what she didn't. And it, uh, it, get, it kind of gave me, um, obviously, context to what I just experienced as a book. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, that's a mindset I can see being taken to um, a dramatization or a film. And in doing so, um, it, it is a difficult film and a difficult book that it comes from. And my goodness, I can be that person that says to you, the book goes even further than the movie. Um, the movie, I was Ooh. worried um that the book would uh, that the movie would just kind of cherry pick obviously with the male gaze um would cherry pick just places to i mean it still is ex exploitative in, in in the ways that it goes or at least just pushes what it pushes what it does but i was like all right what are they going to pick how are they going to narrow this down and in in a way that still if it can um celebrate where it can the woman and star of the of the show but at the same time I knew after reading that book that the objective of this, and I know we're not supposed to say objective in an art, art, art is subjective kind of place, but you know me, I go there. Um, when the objective of the novel was to kind of do this fictionalized take and to frame a tragedy, I knew the movie would too. And, and can a movie do that in a way that, um, could a movie do that in a way that is artful, in a way that it can still showcase um just how amazing of a person she was at the same time as how horrible the people were around her and the circumstances that she had to go through and my goodness the movie does um and i and in the way that it hops through history and picks what it picks to depict um i have to say as a person who who read the book they did a that's where the objective thing comes out um if andrew dominique is trying to do the best fullest adaptation of that book 
hit the right chords, find the right notes, find her voice, find her monologue that are that are in there, find those mindsets and point that camera at that woman to show the tragedy behind all the stardom that we love and appreciate the movie does. Um, because you get to a point with Marilyn Monroe where we all remember and love that megawatt smile. And after seeing this movie, when you factor in kind of the the anguish, the anger, and the pain that, sh- that this portrait of this legend has. And you could take this movie and even do math, where every time you have a smile from her, you can quintuple it with tears from Anna Dalarmus. And it is crushing, crumbling, hard to watch, to kind of understand that there's a good chance, fictionalized or not, that this kind of shit happened to her. Um, making this kind of a, um, a cautionary table for people, not for, for the faint of heart. And the thing is, from a film standpoint, I see it do it in a way that is that is artful. That is, um, I, I I won't go as deep as being just a, a torture porn situation, or if or or to do that, it has to go to places that it does. I understand the places that it does. I respect the places that it does, in the way that. The book, I, I, I have to get, be that guy that says it, the, the book does it worse than the movie, which is crazy. Uh, and that's written by a woman. Um, but what helps here is between the mood being set by the film and the incredible power of Ana de Armas, as much as we appreciate and remember every smile and what she can do to kind of be Marilyn Monroe, you feel every tear. And it is a hard thing to watch. And that is a, that's a situation where even if you can love and appreciate this movie for the art that it is, it's not a movie that you're going to be like, Oh yeah, guys, let's watch. Hey, let's watch blonde. You know, it's just not going to be a coffee table movie for folks, but it's something I can step back and incredibly respect for the filmmaking, uh, for the, for the draw, for the power and for the place where it just takes you. Um, and it takes you to a dark place. I was ready for a dark place. Um, I don't want to say the words. I welcome a dark place. But um, but I understand why why it went there, and I um, to do it in a way that uh can befit the actress doing it, I I can respect that. I, I've been lucky enough in the last um week here, as the buzz of the film has gone on, there was a fantastic um the Critics Choice Association that I'm part of. We got to do um uh, a brief Q and A uh, half hour thing with Anna Darmus, where she kind of steps in. She got some softball questions of like, what you know, what what's your favorite Marilyn Monroe movie, or how'd you approach the thing? But to hear her tell it, I saw the importance of what she wanted to do to just be like, hey, folks need to see this, um, even if it means not necessarily tearing down a star, but just adding that level of you can love her, but you need to understand all the crap she went through too. Um, and I know a lot of people in general public don't like to have their nose rubbed in that sort of thing, but, um, I think there's value to that, to just kind of be real. Um, even I know I'm using the word real in a fictionalized take of a movie, but it's something I really respect. I was impressed by, and I'm going to be that guy that goes the hyperbole. It is one of the better, if not one of the best films of the year. It won't be my number one, but I, it'll be in my top 10 and I, and I, no reservations there for me on that. So. Intriguing. Intriguing. No. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I'm literally taking my thumb and my finger and doing that thing you do with your chin where you go, hmm, interesting. Hmm. You're that. an emoji right now. You're I am. I am an emoji. Um all right, I'm gonna start my five minutes here. So 
let me start with some positives first. Um, yeah, I mean, there is there is no question. Uh, Anna de Armas is incredible in this. I mean, uh, you can usually tell. I mean, <clears throat> when an actor is giving it their all. I mean, it just shows up on screen. I mean, we see it from people like Christian Bale all the time, even in the smallest of roles. But um, this one, you can tell. Anadarmus is like, okay, this, uh, I mean, she's been in some big things, obviously, including my all-time favorite movie, Blade Runner 2049, but this does feel like a legacy set piece for her, where she's kind of saying, this is my shot to confirm that I am indeed an actor. I think women often, unfortunately, have go through a much more much more of a grind in terms of being accepted for their craft you know they're always going to be considered oh just a pretty face or whatever um so women usually have to work twice as hard for uh one quarter of the pay um and i think that's the case here i think anna Darmus is like i'm t- i'm going for this i'm going to show that i am not just a pretty face and it's not just a fluke that i happen to be some of the most engaging uh, people that you see in every movie I'm in, <laughs> because it's true. I mean, just thinking of the last four or five things she's done that I've seen anyway, you know, the, be it the Bond movie, Blade Runner, Knives Out, whatever, she is the most compelling and interesting part of those features. Uh, so this is a home run for her as an actor, as a as a symbol of her craft, as a legacy defining moment. Uh, this is an incredible acting performance. Um, my only thing is, and, and, and I, I wonder if this will hurt her come awards time, is the uh, polarizing nature of the film. Um, see, I come at this from two things. I really like both points that you guys made. And I think I actually kind of align with Katie in the sense of I, I get what she's saying and she kind of says it better than I could ever say it. The only difference is our rating. Like she went eight and a half, I went two stars in Letterbox. My thing is, I really think, even though it is artful, and, and I'm not saying this is easy, I'm not saying the technical parts of making a film like this is easy. I mean, there's a lot of graceful, artistic, sweeping, moving imagery here. I guess what I'm talking about is more the feeling of it. There's two things that don't ring true to me in this film. The first one is, and I've always said this about acting in general, the big example I always use is I was always mad that Bill Murray didn't win the Oscar for Lost in Translation because he lost to Sean Penn because Sean Penn, even when they showed that year in the Oscars, like, you know, the the clip they always show, like, oh, the nominee for Mystic River, Sean Penn, you know, it's him screaming and crying and wrestling people and trying to get to his dead kid. And, you know, and that's, that is quote unquote, more sexy to show. And uh, bless you. And um, and m- meanwhile, you had Bill Murray, who was doing all this beautiful, subtle stuff in Lost in Translation that is hard to just describe. Um, that was kind of my main issue with this film is that I think it's very easy for someone to showcase suffering. I think it's harder to show like a depth and understanding and make that suffering an experience for that character and not their defining character trait. Um, So that was my problem. Number one. Also, like I said, despite the artistry of it, I I found so much of it, the symbolism, the metaphor, the social commentary. So hit you over the head. Obvious. I mean, from anything from 
there, I mean, there's two in particular that drive me insane. There's one in the beginning where a mother is literally driving into a fiery abyss. It's like, how could you be more obvious about the direction this person's life is going? And also there's one which won't go into too many details in terms of spoilers, but there's a very uncomfortable sexual scene towards the end uh, in which this um, very graphic implied fellatio scene is uh, interspersed with footage of like big rockets and things exploding to, you know, to indicate, you know, sexual arousal and male dominance. Uh, So I just thought too much of it was obvious. I'm running out of time, so I can't go into more, but um, don't get me wrong. There, there is some compelling stuff. There is one sequence, very David Lynchian in particular, involving these very big mouths and a lot of static on a screen that haunted me. Uh, and I, and I cannot deny the tech, the technical complexity and brilliance of some of this stuff. Um, but at the same time, I just think thematically character wise, story wise, and all of that, that it just takes an easy way out. And I can't defend that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy a short announcement from the Rumination 3O Network, and we'll be right back with some spoiler discussion. We know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Redrum, all things horror, from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Come hang out, but hurry. The killer's behind you! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are opening the spoiler banner on this. Be ready on where that's going to be, and let's see what can be done. Um, Katie, you went first. I'll, I'll circle it back to you here. All right. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, one, there's just... Uh, let's let's talk about the um, fetuses. Let's talk about yeah. the fetuses. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. That, to me, was like, what the, what the hell are we watching? And that, I'm with you. That gets a little Terrence Malick, let's go look at the universe for 40 minutes. <laughs> well, I don't lie. There's some yeah. tree life shit there. Yeah. And also the POV, uh, the POV of the forced abortions. Like, oh let's talk about yeah. that. Like, really? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. And then um, when she's pregnant with Arthur Miller's baby, and then mm-hmm. it becomes this, like, pro-life thing where it's like, Oh, um, are you going to keep me this time? It's like, what? This isn't the same baby. I'm yeah. always the same baby. I'm like, what am I watching? Yeah. Like, and, and it gets, look, yeah, it gets spooky. Don, you, uh, you read the book, so I don't know if this Did. was in the book. And you know, going into it, maybe you know, maybe reading the book. I, if I do that, um, I mean, because I don't know if I'll watch the movie again, so I don't know if right. I'm reading the book. But um, is that is that part of the book? Yes, um, there is a lot like this is you're in Maryland stream of consciousness consciousness for this where in the film, obviously, we you know, there's unlike a book, you're not going to get narration and all that. But it's a for it's yeah, it's it's a bit of her thing. And you you have this this little ongoing monologue of and, and Anna does that when she kind of expresses herself in different scenes where you have this blurring of her breathy character of obviously what she plays as a star, but then also what's Norma Jean underneath really thinking and doing. And and yes, the book can get as trippy with the, with the children as it does. Um, Yeah. Like the book also like the book, the book, she had an earlier marriage right around world war two with like a high school sweetheart situation. That's not Mm -hmm. in the movie. Um, There's um, 
yeah, there's there's lots of good little there's a lot more with the mom throughout her whole life in the movie. A lot more of like some Secret Service junk with the JFK line to stuff in the in the lot lot more of that in the movie. Um, and like I said, I, I feel like they picked the right through threads where they could. But no, the book, um, the book being fictional, um, but also going dark the way it does goes there. Now, it doesn't mention, you know, birth canal shots and vagina, <laughs> vagina POVs and all that stuff like that. But uh, but the tri- the trippiness that would make that happen is there. You know, okay. the, what am I really thinking? What am I like? What's going on in her head comes out on the page. I mean, Let's- I. What's yeah. going on in her head, I understand. What's going on in the baby's head. A um, little and bit so, of that, yeah. And the fetuses uh, it, was a little like, what? And then mm-hmm. um, that, you know, the whole thing with JFK, where it's not only mm-hmm. the uh, definitely, I mean, there's a number of times where it's like, you know, you go into the film, you know, it's NC-17. So I'm like watching yeah. it. It's like, okay, well, you know, when her mother is naked and the child is naked and she's trying mm-hmm. to drown her in this like boiling hot water. That must yeah. be where it's NC-17. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's like the last 10 yet. minutes of the film's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? Hold my beer. Let me let me yeah. show you what this NC-17 is all about, sweetheart. And um, that, part, that part from the, in the movie is, uh, I felt that was the most rushed, non-handled the best part compared to the book was the JFK stuff in the book is a, is a th- you know, it's a third act thing because it's where it is in, la- in her life. But like mm-hmm. a lot more Robert Kennedy, obviously the big birthday scene is a thing They're, they have more encounters than just this one in the book where i, I that was a fast forward button part for the movie where i'm like oh and i'm at that point you've been there two hours and 30 minutes we're like and you someone who knows how it's going to end is like all right how are we going to how are we going to tumble this down the hill more um and obviously it shows that fellatio scene um which mm. plays as it does you know in different ways of the book i think that obviously this takes several sexual encounters and boils it down to the one with all the symbolism and imagery that will's talking about and it gets a little much there so oh no no well, i'll grant that oh yeah because i mean it also i mean you do you have that but then it also um implies after that is done that it's like you know a forced sexual encounter and then when she goes to the bathroom like she's obviously in pain Mm-hmm. And there's more yeah. implications going on. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're that's showing fair. some, but then you don't show others. Right. And then it's, and that's difficult to take yeah, a big it, book and shrink it to three hours. Well, and that's the thing. Like, um, someone asked me yesterday, it's like, you know, as a female, how do I um feel about this? And I'm mm. like, I mean, does it have to be my gender that says I, I this is someone who is brutalized throughout the film. Mm-hmm. I don't think right. that my gender should um make me more of an advocate whether for this or not or um have more of an insight into it i mean i don't want to see anyone no matter what their gender sexual Mm -hmm. orientation or religious anything about them being um victimized and brutalized the way this film did so it's not i mean it just it really was a lot um Mm -hmm. and also some of that like i'm gonna get into the thruple that she was in i'm not saying that didn't happen and i mean obviously we know this is a fictionalized um uh documentary um but i mean and you know whatever they did if that was fine i just think it's insulting to think that one of the biggest female stars at the time would have a finger banging off with two guys that she was with in a movie theater that had people in it i think yeah i mean i was like Really? Really? Mm. I mean, I look. think at that time, though, they were implying in the timeline that she was 
just getting into movies. So she wasn't like yeah. the Marilyn Monroe Super great, yet. Yeah. Yeah, but still, and, I know, but still, no, don't get me wrong. It's like, oh, yeah. that's that, that's the scene you go for to accelerate the love, the the, the, the triple, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'll be that guy that says it. There's a lot more of that in the book too, and and I I do like that the movie. I know the letters are like that big mystery that it was that it was uh that it was cast Chaplin the whole time with the father stuff, but um that that part of her life in the book that's like the love that that's the happy as she was in, in that in the threesome you know and yeah their sexual encounters are far more graphic that was the place where i was worried more than jfk in terms of bringing the book to the movie because they mm. they have they have a hot time it, not in a non-abusive way but um but it, it, it was clearly not as abusive as jfk but um yeah that maybe the finger banging is a little bit more but it go it goes way further you know you know one in the mouth one behind you know it just go a book just picture a book you know it, it goes oh out. yeah no i'm not saying that that wasn't i mean i'm not saying that that wasn't a possibility of going further and all that stuff i'm mm -hmm. just like just a thing to do that in public when yeah. she's under contract both of them both of the gentlemen are you know i mean it's when They're you're in tabloids sons, it, yeah, and huh? especially during that time you i don't think they would all three be dumb enough to do that like even mm -hmm. if she was in love and all that stuff and if the guys um, are using her to try and get attention. I still don't think they would be dumb enough, especially with like, you know, a McCarthy era situation that they would, or I, yeah, maybe that's a little yeah. bit later on, but it, it's no, that, right. That was, the that the blurriness. Like 50, Go ahead. Wolf. I think it was like 1950. So that would make sense. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I think that was the year uh, they mentioned in the, in the movie, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It Sorry. just, to me, that was like, that was like, look, you guys can have your sexy time. I'm not saying that, um, that when it happened and all that stuff, but the whole thing in public, I was like, I just, mm. this isn't the 1970s. I don't see yeah. you guys doing that in night. Mm. It's to yeah. me, it was just, it was just a little, it was a little yeah. much and yeah. stuff like that. But I mean, I love the casting. I thought the casting was great. Um, again, mm. I mean, you know, taking away the rose colored glasses from individuals, like, you know, the implant, you know, the, physical the horrific physical abuse she endured by joe dimaggio mm -hmm. um i would guess that there's going to be a number of people when they see this film are going to make huge complaints about certain yeah. individuals that have family family that are still alive mm -hmm. well do they, uh, they that scene go ahead will don't they intentionally just for the sake of mm -hmm. because it's fictional yeah uh, and i don't know if the book does this but doesn't doesn't the book, instead of naming them directly, yeah. doesn't he call them like the ex-athletes? So it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not the, the, yeah. Joe they, DiMaggio did this, yeah. like that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Joe, I mean, obviously Joe, it's very yeah. obvious, but yeah. Joe is unnamed. Um, Arthur JFK Miller is unnamed. Not. Arthur Miller, I think they get away with. Um, and then Cassinetti, it might be the author. I forget, I forget to look no, it I up. I think but. he is. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I think he's the playwright. Yeah, and there you go. But. Yeah, Eddie, that's the thing. Like, Eddie and Cass, the Eddie, Eddie G. Robinson Jr. and Charles Chaplin Jr. are the only ones that get their names. And like I said, it, it's nice that they kind of boil down to being the best loves of her life. And it's, but, um, but yeah, the DiMaggio scene, like, for, in, I guess where I'm saying artful and where I, and I don't want to be the person that says it like this, but I'm going to be the person that says it like this. Mm. <laughs> knowing that the book goes dark and knowing that the movie could have went further, there's some scenes that I feel like, you still 
you see the torment, you see the brutality, but it's still guarded. Like the DiMaggio scene, and I, and you, like when he takes her around the corner from that living room into the dining room, and obviously you hear his abuse to her, and all right. you see is that shaking chandelier. Yeah. You know, and like, like you could, you could have gotten fist to the face, but you didn't. You got the shaking chandelier where that's meant to, I know it's not the best, but it's an artful form of restraint to not, hit you with everything and then even like the threesome love scene where like where that gets all screen bending and stretching of you know like where that got little trippy scene that could have easily been Pornhub threesome and it didn't so like there there's I'm not I'm not saying the movie pull its punches because it doesn't uh, but it, it finds angles to to bend and to to tell without show uh, in, 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 in some spots and then obviously there's places where it shows and not tell so it's it's interesting where they made those choices well let's talk about that actually i want to talk about that because um i think in the past when you hear nc-17 i think just the way our culture is where you can you can see some pretty brutal things in a pg-13 movie in terms of violence but Mm -hmm. you know sex is a no-no you know uh because i mean the the one i think of is the fact that like no man land is rated r because you get a one second scene of uh what's her name uh you know being naked in a lake you know and it's like well it's not sexual and it's not anything but because she's naked you know god knows Mm -hmm. we're we're going to be uh contributing to the downfall of our youth for seeing a naked (laughs) woman so um usually when you think of nc-17 you think of sex um i think like when people ask me about that i go well actually the most openly visual sex stuff is consensual actually and it's very arty and you know the mirror stuff um there is obviously a rape scene in it but it is very like you said it's a little bit it's not like irreversible you know it's not like that's you're talking about that studio head earlier in the movie yeah the studio head and and, and, studio head yeah right and there's a lot and i love how that flashes in her mind when she's talking to joe you know like Mm -hmm. oh my god yeah like hey how'd you get into the business and that's what she pictures yeah well i guess what i'm I'm saying is you know does this because i've heard some crazy stories about nc-17 at one point like kevin smith's clerks was going to be nc-17 for all the Hmm. language sure so nc-17 is kind of a this weird thing in cinema history i think where you think okay well you know the first thing that probably comes in your mind with nc-17 is showgirls you know you think of sex mm-hmm. but is this nc-17 because of that relentless psychological stuff like the fact that i mean because there's child abuse but it's not like again it's shown not, in an odd angle but shown at odd angles it, it's yeah. not is it more like what is left to your imagination that makes it NC-17? Because I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, I call this, I know Don doesn't want to go there. I call this mm-hmm. tragedy tragedy porn. That's just what I think mm-hmm. it is. Because I think at one point, and I've, I've been seeing this a lot in a lot of reviews, is that it, it almost spends so much time on being anti-exploitation that it becomes exploitation in itself. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's something I've seen echoed in a lot of reviews. And it's funny um, that you mentioned Tree of Life because I, I have something I was going to share with Don and I forgot. There is actually a review from Vogue magazine that mentions this is like the Tree of Life, but with like lipstick on. But <laughs> a movie that I was thinking of, and I know Don was maybe a little surprised that I mentioned this, was I actually thought of like Passion of the Christ with this one, um, mm. where you have the intention. 
you have Mel Gibson. Let's take away Mel Gibson's history, okay? Let's let's take away the Jew stuff. Let's take away, you know, his weird religious background history, you know, with his father being a Holocaust denier and all this stuff. And let's just look at a, a, a quote-unquote, uh, you know, religious man wanting to show, you know, respect to this very violent, you know, coming of age thing or whatever you want to call it with with Jesus, the passion, right? Mm-hmm. It, it almost gets to the point where you watch that movie where you're just like, okay, I, I get it. Like, I, I get it. He was whipped 40 times. Do right, I but- need to see all 40 times of him being whipped? And at this point, it got to a point in this movie where this, this person is just a vessel okay. for agony. Like, it's just, th- there's no character there after a while. Like, after you watch Jesus and Passion of the Christ be brutalized for two and a half hours, you're no longer thinking it's Jesus. You're just thinking it's this slab of meat that sure. is abused. And I got the same feeling from this. So, yeah, I'll be the guy that says it like this. Like, yeah. do you, though? Like, we have all those, like, I don't want to say there are people who deny that these things, because, this, again, this is a fictionalized thing from a fictionalized book meant to be a novel. But sure, sure, sure. it's drawing on, and you hear the author tell it, it's drawing on a whole lot of reports and a whole lot of facts. Then she's just yep. taking it and making it into a novelization, dramatization way, <laughs> where, like, it, there, are, I feel like there's, I don't know how I'm saying this like this, but, like, I feel like there are those people who deny that mm-hmm. these kinds of things could happen to somebody so awesome as a Marilyn Monroe sure, to the sure. point where, like I said before about rubbing noses in it, like, I don't want to be the guy that takes what you just said to me, Will, and, and says, well, do you, do you believe that this shit would happen to her? Let me show you what could have happened to her. And then now oh, do you I believe, totally believe like, it? I, I know there, I know there's a shoving match of ideals there. Um, but, I um, I, 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 but, um, I'm, yeah, I, I know it, it's terrible to say that I'm okay with that, with having people, rub have their noses rubbed in hey we we love this woman as the icon that she was but you need to know that this kind of shit likely happened to her and if you can see a character through that and i did in the movie that because i mean like by the time she take by the time she takes her life and she's remembering that teddy bear tiger and remembering the love of her life that was Cass, i don't that the norma jean's back and never went away and i don't see a broken vessel i see closure uh, horrible oh. tragic closure but I it's there Ka- katie i gotta take your take on it. I, I can ramble too much on this so well see i've been thinking about this um a lot especially about this movie and it's it's a circumstance that it's like if someone tells me they're raped i don't have to see them being raped to believe that they are raped true and that is what i feel like this movie does over and over and over where there's been so many documented accounts of what has happened and um it's the whole like well i mean do you believe this happened it's like you know it's just the whole thing that it's like people would lie about these circumstances but it's like she had horrible things happen to her and i don't deny that but it's just that um to i mean i don't know it's just so much and i mean i know um i know there's some um, things coming out now you know about the um her uh nudity and whatnot and i'm like i i mean yes you do see her um breasts a lot in the film but i don't ever think i mean when will brought up showgirls i mean it's not it's it's at that point that it's like you know you just see the nudity so much that i don't even i don't even really um 
like register it. it um, but I will say right. this: well, I, I, it wasn't the sex that gave Showgirls NC seventeen. It was that horrific, violent rape that it's gave true. Showgirls Very true. NC seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think people forget about. People kind of forget about that scene. Like, I've oh because we're all I, laughing at the movie. Like it's you know, tra- yeah. you know, guilty pleasure stuff now. And you, when yeah. you have to step that back and go, the- what do you? What are you guilty pleasuring? And you're like, oh, we're glorifying that for fun. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember being in college watching Showgirls thinking like, oh, gosh, wow, what is this? Also, And then you get to that. I'm like, oh, my God, what yeah, the stops. hell is wrong with the person's mind that wrote this? What? Mm-hmm. Well, wow. um, and that's yeah, where yeah. and that's where I this mean, movie doesn't, you know, like this. Yeah, this won't turn into Showgirls. This no. will be a sobering, real hard bottle of liquor that sits on the shelf and goes, damn. Remember when we took a shot of that? Damn. Well, you know? and it's one of those, like, look, if this happened to one of the biggest movie stars in the world during sure. that time, imagine yeah. all of the other young actresses just trying to make their name out there and what mm-hmm. they had to go through. Oh, well, I mean, I just think I go back to thinking about, um, you know, something that happened shortly before Marilyn Monroe started, you know, the story in the early fifties, but, you know, um, one of the most popular, uh, you know, cold cases in the history of, of true crime is the black Dahlia, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. and that's a woman who, you know, barely touched the film industry, you know, had that, had those desires went to LA to try to, to make it big and was just on, the very fringes of that society and was brutally, you know, yeah. uh, taken care of. So there, there, there definitely is, there is no doubt that I, I, I'm not of the mind of, um, uh, that this, this stuff can't happen. Um, and I think Katie put it perfectly. It's like, if someone tells you they're raped, like you don't need a visual well, guide to it. Well, let me, no. hold on. What I'm saying is, is yeah. I almost feel like, and I'm going to ask this question in a second for you guys, and okay. I'd like to hear your answer. But, you know, yeah, I, I feel like – let me ask the question first, and then I'll get to my point. Okay. I, don't, I put in my review of this that I'm not sure who this is for mm. and what this is for. Who, mm-hmm. What is this story for? What is its That's purpose? And, I, and I'm not okay. – I don't necessarily want to hear the book perspective because I'm watching a movie. No. I want, so I'll what, go to is movie. This, what is this movie – who is this for and what is it for? Katie, I'll let you go first. That is a hard question. Uh, I, well, I feel like it, it goes that my answer would be what I said um, at the beginning of my thing. It's just showing mm-hmm. the brutal truth of Hollywood, even from one of the brightest stars, right. like how, what she had, what she went through and what, you know, every little girl out there and you know every guy it's like i want to be marilyn monroe i want to be um i want to be marilyn monroe's boyfriend and all that stuff but all of the pain the relentless pain she had to go through in a very short amount of time because what she died when she was like 36 33 yeah young. i mean it's like to go through that it's like is it actually like you know is it worth it and um, despite everything she did, every time she tried to find a happy ending and whatnot, it always just turned out wrong. And yeah, but why um, tell that story now? Though, like, there has to be because this isn't a I'll new there, thing. Yeah. This isn't a no. new thing. We know about this. Stuff. I mean, 
That stuff has um, been coming out been, for a long time. I mean, yeah. I, not, not, I'm not just talking about Marilyn Monroe. I'm talking about this systemic abuse of power, especially against women at all mm-hmm. stages. I mean, Hollywood well, is just one part of it, not just, I, you know what I mean? No, I will answer yeah. that. I will say because um, for, what, 70 years, um, actually, I mentioned this, like, for 70 years, and I would, when I would always... Uh, see reports in the news about someone accused us of rape and someone accused um has been this accused of rape i mm-hmm. from male and females i've heard it's like you know that person's just trying to get money i mean this is hollywood you know they know what happens i'm like that's not an excuse like mm-hmm. it's like the casting right. counts, you know all these things that happens like it's never an excuse and it's like if this is to visualize like this is the bullshit and the horrific actions that right. you have to see that these people went through. It's right. not what has to go. It never has to go through. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, especially with the Me Too movement and everything, just sure. put a light. It's like this has been going on forever. Women have been mistreated. You know, it is it going to stop? It has to. It has yeah. to stop. This shouldn't be. You shouldn't have to be raped in the ass or any sort of mis um treatment to you to get a role like nothing no one should right. have that power no one should feel like they should be able to abuse a human being to like give them um a little bit of their you know quote unquote break or anything yeah. and my 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 answer yeah. my answer to that would be echoing the very same thing like i this this movie is for that cautionary tale of hey you you need to be reminded and you need to remember not to believe women, not only to believe women when they are believe the victims and when they are raped, mm-hmm. but you need to know that Hollywood will quickly m- destroy even their brightest, most beautiful thing mm-hmm. because of dumb men and the things they do and the celebrity dreams. And we have that in. Yeah, we. The old days we said 15 minutes of fame, the new days we say 15 seconds of fame because that's how accelerated this is where I think people need to know. And the crazy thing is all the people who will throw their arms up and go, I ain't watching this shit are the people who probably need to have that rubbed in their face the most is the those those deniers of of red i'll even be a jerk that says it. the deniers of the red state people who still think john wayne's a hero when he's an asshole you know people who go oh my marilyn monroe's the perfect girl i see in the movie she ain't she went through this and you need to know so that we don't go through this again you can discover more stories about others because you can i guess the way to say it is to hear it and see it from the top from the from the highest ideal and idol that we've we've done that to an idol. Don't ever do it again to even the smallest rookie, let alone your idols. No, I get and I get it, that, but it's all yeah. about presentation. Let me let me tell you about two scenes and, that I thought were sure. really good in this movie. That I think, and this goes to my Sean Penn, Bill Murray thing. Subtlety. Um, to me, there's two sequences in this that isolated. If you take them out of context, like if okay. I saw this in a short film or if the movie was more like this, it would make it would make it more powerful for me and and do exactly what you're saying, mm-hmm. but without the almost to me delightful exploitation at some point. I mean, it almost feels like I, it's it's showcasing it like yeah. the Passion of the Christ. But let me there's let me, not a moment on. in this movie I took delight in while I was watching. I, I got the opposite, but yeah, I got the opposite. But let me just okay. let me focus on these two scenes. The first one is her audition scene. 
where Ooh, she slowly breaks down while she's doing this audition scene. She almost forgets where she is and who she is and is in a Agreed. different realm. Yes. That scene was astounding because yeah. without any context, even if I didn't know about the mom trying to strangle her or whatever, mm-hmm. the performance is so good and so nuanced and you can see the pain in the eyes that if you gave me more of that, I don't, that is more of yeah. like telling me without showing me like okay. I, that moment I bought all the pain and suffering and the abuse she had just from watching her do an audition. Mm-hmm. And then the second one that I thought really worked in isolation, but at that point had been so overdone is there's a sequence where she goes to a premiere and yeah. there's people taking pictures. It's in slow motion. And all the men's mouths are like, mm-hmm. like it looks like the black hole sun video by Soundgarden. Like all the men's mouths are like yes. super huge. Yeah. And then she goes and sits down in the theater and then the theater screen is playing like this warped, blitzed, like static, right? And it's nightmarish. It's David Lynchy and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's another one where it's like, I get it. Like she is being ogled and watched and like literally sat like, sl- how do you say the word? Like when you see a steak, like slavered over whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I don't know the term for it. Like, And then, of course, she's seeing, like, instead of this beautiful thing on screen that we all immortalize, she's seeing this distortion and pain. Like, those are moments where it's like, you're, I get what you're trying to do, but then you'll get, like, these endless moments of just agony and sadness. And, 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 and I, I get it. I think, I think there's a way to do this movie in a smarter, subtler way, and you can still get the same power out of it. So if I get anything, if I get anything from this story, I'm going to take those two scenes, and I think they are more viscerally and emotionally effective than me seeing her being, like, like seeing the physical rape or seeing, like, implied fellatio and abuse or, Mm -hmm. you know, being beaten or whatever, like, that to me gives yeah. more complexity to it actually feels like a character and you're making a statement i feel like like i said in the beginning i think it's easy to showcase suffering you have to give that depth and understanding and there's too little of that in this movie oh gosh yeah, i'm i'm on the flip side of that stopwatch i mean if you add up the things you're mentioning fellatio uh the casting couch rape and and from the old studio head in their first role like if you put the stopwatch on the ugly parts yeah that that that, that and I, then i put the stopwatch on the her figuring herself out parts or that audition or places where we watch her that outnumbers the other things i'm not trying to play math on that but like obviously the severity of some minutes are all you need to ruin the the bulk of other minutes but i i'm i was locked in on the other places where yes these moments i I don't want to say momentary but like the moments of watching norma uh and and watching the real her try to you know crawl out of the despair she's in outnumbers the times she's put on to despair right for me and the stopwatch i'm watching in the movie i'm absorbing but katie you how did you feel about that same thing what's going on um, the glimpses of Norma. No, I, uh, I can like that little twinkle where, you know, I, I, I well, it's interesting. Well, I love, 
uh, what you were saying about that uh, premiere, because that was also um, when she received, you know, the uh, started the letters from her father mm-hmm. and that um, her face, like when she read that letter and then going to that premiere, it's like, you know, that to me seemed like the happiest that she ever was. But mm-hmm. what you illustrated uh, about, um, you know, just all of the photographers and their mouths just opening up and. Um, when she's in the theater, all everything that you said, and then her agent puts his hand on her knee and she yep. just ever so slightly looks down at it. And it's like all everything. I, I, I agree. Everything that she um, Anna gave in that scene and um, the direction of that was was beautiful. And it's I mean, that right there was everything yeah. in the movie, like the distortion um, you could tell just from that subtle hand on the knee, like what she had to go through mm-hmm. to get there. Um, even though it that. was her, I mean, they weren't yeah. seeing the studio head; they were seeing her. People were clapping for her. Yeah, and, and then you throw in that great score from Nick Cave and Warren Ellis that yes. just twists the, the nerves. Score is man. amazing. Yeah, and you know, as I said before, the recreations, the wardrobe, everything. I mean, yeah. definitely is going. I that's why I can't. That's I mean, why I can't deny it's it's it, the 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 greatness that's there and and I, I have to admit I'll, I as a I don't want to say final thoughts because I know we're we're scrolling over but like when I when I apply what the book did this is a lot of mission accomplished you know like to to go where the book went do it in artful ways bend what you can bend show what you can show and have a dynamite performance in the middle to prove it all it's yeah. it's really good I mean. Yeah. It is one thing being a captive audience in the theater yeah. is, I think, going to be a much different experience than watching oh. it on Netflix. Because and that's I, the hard part. Yeah, yeah. people are going to pe- the people are not going to get the full effect of this sitting on a screen with their phone in their hand. Well, and I also don't think a lot of them are going to finish it. I no, get. I, I would guarantee that a number of people are going to be like, "What?" And then they're going to stop, and then they're going to go mm-hmm. away, and then it's like, and that's one of the things that's like being a captive audience. You know. Um, you it just keeps going and that's one of the things that it's like in the film it just keeps going and it's Mm -hmm. such a hard watch it's like it just keeps going and i don't think a lot of people are going to fully experience that because they won't watch the full thing or they will not off on their couch or you know the kids are coming in so you have to stop it it's like what's that what's with the rockets (laughs) um and it's like you know that's not going to be the same thing as going to the theater. I don't know how long the theater run is going to be. It's going it's like to be very interesting when audiences see it. But again, it's just a film I can't stop thinking about. I can't same. stop discussing. There's so many aspects of it. But I mean, Anna Diarmas is just absolutely illuminating. And, um, you know, uh, Knives Out made her star. This is going to make her an icon in her own. Um, I agree. Sense. And I think rightfully so. Um, Same. But I don't know what we were talking about before, like who this movie um, is made for. Maybe it's for all those people that are trying to get their kids into Disney and, you know, oh, take mm-hmm. this to sleep more. Oh, take this to sleep less and all that stuff. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that a number of these female stars in, Dis- in Disney end up having like breakdowns by the time they're like 25 and whatnot. And then it's like, oh, what happened? You had everything. It's like, I see that a lot in these um, kids that um, do different things. I mean, you work them hard, 
you do all this. Oh, here's a back rub now and then. And it's, you know, still, I mean, there's still reports of it going on. So if this is going to help any of um, those things like that, it's like, just stop. It just needs to stop. Like let people perform, let people be entertainers without you having to do anything with your grubby hands and Mm -hmm. taking advantage. And And maybe that's my propulsion of what I'm saying is like, until it stops, show 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 the worst of it. I, I, I not show the worst of it. Like I, I mean, the I believer should still apply, but until you fucking get it, yeah, we tore down icons, and now you don't even push the other thing. So until it stops, rub their nose in it. And I know yeah. it's a hateful way of thinking about it to people who will, and unfortunately, like I said before, I think the people who won't watch the movie or give up on it, it's it's a damn shame that they won't because I I think. I think this is a harrowing enough experience where you come out of it and go, man, you, you feel dirty, you feel horrible, and rightfully so to the point of like, hey, change, change the color of your celebrity dreams because it's – ask yourself if it's worth it. Ask yourself if you're willing to let the industry that you love and cherish for cheesy entertainment put people through this shit. And until they, until they put, the, put more feet down to say no, rub it in. And I yeah. know that's awful, but rub it in. No, I would, I would definitely, um, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely agree with that. Cause it's, it yeah. is like, you've got, I mean, it's not that, and it's one of those things like, you know, um, teach girls how not to get raped. I'm like, you know, teach boys not to rape. Like that should right. be the thing. It's like, this is a twofold. It's like, you know, um, it's like change the industry. The industry can work without all the manipulation. Like you guys can still make billions and millions of dollars without having to try and like yeah. drug up people and sexual abuse and all that stuff like this I, can work it just has to come out and yeah. people have to speak out and they have to be listened to and that's the thing like and i know this is gonna sound crazy especially as a school teacher in the room like if you were to put a gun barrel in my head and say make students watch this movie i would make the boys watch this movie and go don't you dare do a fucking thing you see in this movie yeah, and you need to see how bad it ruined somebody wonderful. Yeah, because like you said, teach boys not to rape. Show them something like this. I know it's terrible, but that's yeah. I obviously don't put a. I mean, the trigger warnings that you folks are talking about, the two of you are completely true to put this in front of a female audience. But do we need to put this in front of a male audience and go? Don't be the worst versions of what we used to be. Please, please, pretty please, don't. Yeah. Um, that's the the pu- that's the push I would put on it. Ooh, Will, what do yeah. you got? Uh, well, <laughs> speaking about uh, the world, I I didn't catch. I apologize, and this will emphasize our next uh, episode. But because of crazy things that go on in the world, and because uh, school never ends, I just got some interesting information. So I was actually gone for the last couple minutes. So I'm sure you guys nope. had a wonderful discussion. Um, that I did not hear. So um, I don't know where you went <laughs> or where you're going. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to derail everything. No, no. Um, that's all right. But, uh, uh, yeah. Then I'll be the guy that says kind of closing thoughts. And I, I know, okay. I know I put my, I know I put my stamp on it. We're coming up on the, I think about the hour mark here where um, I, I'm good saying what I've said, Katie, closing thoughts. And then will you do close and put us to the outro and we'll go from there. I mean, my closing thoughts are it's a disturbing watch on a Mm -hmm. beautiful soul that was just completely beaten down every um, step of the way. But she did have 
uh, beautiful moments in her life that were not highlighted in this film, which I wish were. Uh, I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop thinking about it. There are so many scenes that honestly, I don't want to be core memories in my head, but for right now, the past uh, week I've um, watched it. I can't get out of my head. Uh, I did give it a high score because of Anna Diarmas. Uh, there's other technical aspects about it, but as far as the story goes, I do think it's a bit exploitive and definitely needs um, trigger warnings for both male and female. Uh, but I think it is a, something to watch for her and a performance alone. I mean, she is just absolutely magnificent and captivating. I may watch it again for technical aspects just to um, mm. read. Yeah, we were see some things because I mean there are some aspects of the end that I don't know if I just zoned out that I kind of <laughs> um, missed on, but I definitely would watch it probably once again. But it's not it's not a party movie that you're going to be like, hey, no. let's put on blonde, yeah. get the kids, uh, yeah. get the kids, get the popcorn. Uh-huh. Uh, I know, I know, together, Katie, you know, watch. I know, Katie. Fun, I know, Katie. We were talking a Serbian film. You know, yeah. just make it a make it a threesome night. Let like oh, you know, boy. On some light films for everybody. <laughs> No, I know Katie. I know Katie. We were talking. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know Katie. We were talking after the screening of um, like if we were if we were like if I went back, it'd be to try to notice a pattern with the black and white and color shifts. You know, yes. it's like I'd play I'd play film student if I could trying to watch this again, um, and also to kind of like like we said, just be impressed by Anna de Armas. Where like, like Will, you brought up that audition scene. I you have to I have to realize that that is that is Anna de Armas pretending to be Norma Jean, pretending to be Marilyn, pretending to be this role and mm. to get it all right. And the, the, the book has a great monologue that leads up to like the mentality that you see on screen comes out in the book, which is great. So, but yeah, I, I would go back and watch things like that. But uh, yeah, I hear you. Will. Hit it. My hit final it. thought just to counteract you question. guys is yeah, I, I don't think I can watch this again. I don't think this is a situation there's been movies in my life where, um, you know, I've believe it or not, you know, there's, there, there's a big one I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, when I saw kiss, kiss, bang, bang in the theater, I remember being disappointed. And then I watched it again, followed up and was like, Oh, this is actually one of my favorite movies that's ever been made. Um, I don't think I'm going to get that experience out of blonde. I don't know if I could rewatch it now or in 10 years from now and think, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, I just think that some experiences are left experienced once and you move on. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that there is a lot here to, uh, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. I think there's a lot here to grab onto and connect with. Um, I just think it's at the expense of too much that you can throw out. Um, I think that there are things to learn, things to take. Like I said, I will always take this audition scene. I will always take her performance in general. I will always take that one premiere scene. Um, I will take that and keep that in my cherished memories and toss the rest and just get what I can out of the out of it. I, I don't think I want to experience it again. I, I just I just think it's too not like I'm some kind of softy or something. It's just it's just uh, this world is messed up enough as it is. And I like I said, I guess you could chalk it up to my mindset when I watched it, as as Katie said, as a captive audience. But um, I was just um, not 
I just wasn't there. I, I didn't understand why this was. I mean, I understand the why in terms of like what you guys are talking about. Like, let's make sure this never happens again. Look what happened to the most famous person that the Hollywood system chewed up and spit out. I get that kind of why. I, I don't understand the why of the presentation, like why mm. we have to suffer so much with this person. I almost feel in a way like it's taking the body out of the grave and giving it one last whipping, you know, and it just feels. And, and if there was some kind of light at the end of the tunnel that showed that lightness of what still could make her yeah. have something. That's hard. Cause like, I feel like there yeah. isn't one cause she didn't get one. Simple as that. But we, I, I just don't know if that's, that's true. hard. That's a hard pill to swallow, but there's no light at the end of her tunnel because she didn't get one. She's dead at 36. Yes, I, don't, I just don't know if hard, that's even possible to, to, I don't even know if that pill. And that's what I'm saying. You're not going to get, there's no happy ending to her story. You weren't going to get one no matter what movie you cut there. That's, I, don't yeah. I, I don't know if I wanted a happy ending. I just wanted to, I just refused to accept that Anywhere in humanity, I mean, even the lowest dregs of society who have no chance of survival fight to survive. Mm. There has to be something that, like, there has to be something that gives you happiness and joy. And the one couple of the things that they did give her, like the letters from her supposed father, I mean, even at the Mm. end of that, nothing... Got me out of this movie more than that sequence where she reads the letter and finds out that the father was all a lie. Yeah. She she goes out and starts screaming. And I'm just like, I can't see this woman scream anymore. I can't, I can't hear it. I can't see it. I can't, I can't do it. I cannot physically do this anymore. Like this is, I'm getting all the pain. And for me, none of the light, none of that, that what made her a star, what gave her that bright smile, what gave her that stuff. It has to come from somewhere. Like, I don't think it's purely acting. I don't think it's just acting. I think there's more to her humanity than just her suffering. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'll say. Tough one. Tough one. Um, Katie, thank you so much for coming out on our show. It's been a long time, and you're always welcome back as usual. Uh, Tell the folks where we can find your work. Uh, The Blonde in Front on Instagram, Facebook, and my YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at CinephileFit and on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast. Also find us both on Letterboxd. Thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation. <laughs> Cinephile Hissy Fit is a 25YL media podcast brought to you by RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Please visit, rate, review, and subscribe. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes, Banana Meter, and we are charter members of the new Independent Film Critics of America group. If you enjoyed this show, Ruminations Radio Network has more where that came from with wonderful programs and interesting hosts. Our show and others are available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And then we'll... Oh, oh am, I supposed, am I supposed take to... Take us home. Yeah. I was like, oh. yeah. Hey, oh, my bad. <laughs> All right, um... Follow us on Twitter. I'm really bad at this. If you guys ever listened to our Marvel Minute that we did, I really suck. Um, this was funny. <laughs>